0: Hmm?
1: Ah. Oh. What are you doing here? Jack, how did you find me? You were in a car accident. You were brought into my hospital. What are you doing here? We have to go back. Of course course we do jack the people i left behind need our help we're supposed to go back because it's our destiny how many times are you going to say that to me john how can you not see it of all the hospitals they could have brought me to i end up here you don't think that's fate your car accident was on the west side of los angeles you being brought into my hospital isn't fate john it's probability you don't understand it wasn't an accident somebody is trying to kill me why Why would someone try to kill you? Because they don't want me to succeed. They want to stop me. They don't want me to get back because I'm important. Have you ever stopped to think that these delusions that you're special aren't real? That maybe there's nothing important about you at all. Maybe you are just a lonely old man that crashed on an island. That's it. Goodbye, John. Your father says hello. What? A man, the man who told me to move the island, the man who told me how to bring you all back, he said to tell his son hello. It couldn't have been Said's father and it wasn't Hurley's. That leaves you. He said his name was Christian. My father is dead Well, he didn't look dead to me He died in Australia three years ago I put him in the coffin He's dead Jack, please, you have to come back You're the only one who can convince the rest of them You have to help me, you're supposed to help me John, it's over It's done We left and we were never important So you, you leave me alone And you leave the rest of them alone
2: Welcome to another episode of The Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben.
0: And I'm Kristen. This week, we are covering Season 5, Episode 7, The Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham.
2: This is... It's no LeFleur. No. But it is such a great episode. It's one of the highest rated episodes of the season, too.
0: Yeah, it's, it's up there probably with the constant. Um... Oh, no. When you said of the season, I was thinking of the series.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's. uh, I think it's got an 8.8 out of 10 on uh, IMDb, which out of the rest of the season, I think is one of the highest rated episodes Uh, of the season.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, this episode touches on a lot of um, just a lot of like feelings you know it's got suspense in it it's got sadness it's got happiness it's got hope it's got despair um you know and i think that Locke is just such a fan favorite anyways um and we get to see walt yes we do which is very cool like for me i knew we were gonna see walt i forgot oh you did yeah i love this episode because i know that we get to see walt um but when I first see him coming out of that school, I'm just like, oh yay, it's Walt, yay.
2: I don't think this is the the first time. I think this is the first time, but it's not the last we see him. This it's season. the
0: second to last. This is his yes. last episode. Um, but we do get like a glimpse of him at the end. But apparently I looked it up, it's like footage that they've already had. Well, isn't there – I think there's a moment where Walt visits Hurley
2: as well, but was that at the end of last season? Because I don't remember it in our recap of the first five.
0: No. Yeah, this is – according to Lostpedia, (laughs) this is the last time that Walt appears, like, in new footage.
2: Oh, in new footage. Okay. Yeah. Alright, so yeah, we're definitely going to see him again Like I said, there is a moment where he goes to visit Hurley And I think that might be coming In Everybody
0: loves Hugo Didn't we already see that episode? No
2: We didn't Nope When is when is that episode? Later this season Um, I'm looking at the list of episodes now And no, it's not <laughs> it's, That is not an episode yet this season
0: Oh, well, then it's next season
2: um okay. All right. I I'll take your word for it. I guess I new- only
0: know it because Alana's in that episode. Uh Alana Masterson? No. Elana. <laughs> okay. Elena. Alana,
2: oh, oh. Our new character. Um, everybody loves Hugo is season six, episode twelve. Yep. Okay, oh, so yeah, that is that is uh a little ways off. But yeah, looking at the ratings of the episodes this season, uh, it is the fourth highest rated episode of the season.
0: What floor is uh, number one, right?
2: Number one. One and two are in order of one and two are the incident part two and the incident part one, which are the two part yeah, season okay. finale. Uh, and three is LaFleur. So LaFleur yeah, is
0: Sawyer, 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 and then Locke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Sawyer is a big part of that. Uh, of He's that. an
0: enormous part of the incident.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, so it makes sense. Yeah, that that finale is probably I mean, the finale usually rate pretty high anyway.
0: Yeah, but this this finale is a good one. Oh, absolutely. Tragic, but good.
2: Uh, I want to make note real quick, too, before we jump into actually breaking down the episode that the video version of last week's episode is now available and is already getting some views, which is great. Um, so, so in order to view that, the easiest way to do it is just check out our website, revisitedpod.com. Uh, there's a video tab at the top, and you'll see the video of last week's episode so you can see Kristen's uh, Kristen's face and my ugly mug at the same time. Talking about the episodes, um, I
0: was very sick that day too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're
0: you're still sick
2: now, just not as sick as last week. I'm not
0: as sick, exactly. Yeah, yeah
2: you're not as, as sick, sick as last week. It's the so. cold
0: that will, will never die. But if you're listening to
2: the audio version of the podcast right now, um, there's nothing really different about it. Um, we don't want you to feel too like like you're missing too much. Um, I think last week, all we did was we, I posted a photo in the video for us to look at, but there was something you could very easily go online and look at too. But But if you're um, drawing,
0: if you're driving, don't do that.
2: Yes. Just listen to the audio version. If you're if you're driving. Don't Be look safe. up any
0: pictures either if you're driving. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't do that either. Just use your memory. Use your imagination.
2: <laughs> My egotistical self automatically went to watching the watching the video while you're talking about safety of looking up a picture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is and the we'll, mom and me. It's the mom in me.
2: And we'll reiterate See? later. Yeah, stay safe. But we'll reiterate later, too, about the website. Uh, But again, if you want to check out the video version of this and all the future episodes and last week, revisitedpod.com, where you can also subscribe to the podcast, leave us feedback and all that other uh, fun stuff.
0: And just a little uh, word to uh, or just a little note. uh, We are a spoiler filled podcast. Thank you. So if you um, if you haven't seen the show and you care about the spoilers, Um, stop, (laughs) but if you don't, or you have watched the show, then keep going.
2: Yeah. If you're, uh, if you've recently discovered the podcast, yeah, that's a good note. That's a good thing to know. Um, and hopefully there are people still discovering the podcast, especially now that we're back to doing this, which I'm, I'm really, really hopeful for. Uh, let's get into the episode. Yes, please. Because there's a, there's a lot. Mm, There's a lot that happens. Um, You want to kick us off?
0: Sure. Sure. Go for it. Um, So I want to talk about kind of this setup that we have that I think really kind of kicks off in this episode. And that's kind of Ben versus Charles Woodmore. Um, you know, it's been alluded to and we've seen them actually kind of face off in the past and we've seen that they have this animosity towards each other. But I think that this is kind of the first time that we really see like the nuances and the manipulation between both Ben and Charles Woodmore, especially when it comes to Locke. Um, you know, for me, this was a guessing game for the whole back half of the series was who is. Really has the best intentions here. Is it yeah. Ben or is it Charles Woodmore? And you can honest to God make a case for both of them just by watching this one episode. Yeah, I have that and in it, my notes as well. Yeah, and it confuses the viewer, just like you like you almost feel like Locke. Locke is just as confused. He doesn't know who to believe. He doesn't know. He knows he's being manipulated. He knows for sure that he's being manipulated, but he doesn't know who is manipulating him. Um, And I think that that's kind of how we as the viewer feel as well in this episode. What Mm -hmm. do you think about that?
2: No, I'm in complete agreement. Like I said, I do have that in my notes as well um, that by the end of this episode, you are really you're really conflicted as to who is the actual threat to the Oceanic Six and to everybody left on the island. Is it is it Ben? Cause that's what Charles Whitmore makes John Locke want to believe. Or is it Charles Whitmore? Because Ben is still just as convincing and, and as manipulative as he's always been, but it's, you, you kind of are of, of that ilk by the end of the episode. Like, okay, well, wait a minute. Is Ben manipulating people or is he actually telling the truth and that this is the stuff that needs to happen?
0: Great.
2: And it's, it's, by the end of this episode, like, as two people who have seen this series, as most people who are listening to the podcast probably are, we know the truth about—actually, I don't even really remember if it's ever revealed as to if Charles Whitmore really is as big of a threat as Ben makes him out to be. So,
0: uh, not to jump on you. No, fine. What what con- what always brings me back to kind of Ben's side is his very last line to Hurley. Um, in the finale episode when he wants, right? So it's that line. It's one of my favorite
2: moments of the finale.
0: Right. But that's the line that always takes me back to, okay, Ben is really, he's pure of heart here. The only thing is, is that he's not doing everything correctly. It's almost like, (laughs) so we're getting into a lot of religious parallelism um, when, when you get, further and further into this series. And it's almost like you know being a Christian in Christianity it's you know you have all these really good intentions to do all this good but you make all these terrible decisions yeah. and you can't take them back. You can just move forward and you can just try and fix what you've already done wrong. One of those one of those biggest glaring um mistakes for Ben is allowing his daughter his fake daughter to, to get killed. He called someone's bluff, right? That's something that fundamentally changes him. Um, well, at the same time, too, like,
2: I know we're, we're constantly saying fake daughter because that's exactly who Alex was. Alex was not Ben's real daughter. We've discussed that. But I think in Ben's mind, she really was.
0: Okay, but and see it, and then,
2: no, then I'm, you're... I, I'm I'm just saying that kind of goes along with what we're saying, what you mentioned about how right. Ben is doing the bad things but with the best of intentions. Like I do truly believe okay. he cared about Alex as his daughter. She just wasn't.
0: Do you think okay, so he cuz he's he kidnapped her. I mean, that's that's kidnapping. Yeah. yeah. Right? And holding her hostage. Um so I mean, you could make an argument that he was doing it for Alex's um, overall safety since Danielle Rousseau was not stable. She was not in her right mind, but at the same time, you know, he, it's, it's such a slippery slope because I still consider him to be a kidnapper, so it, that's like saying like all those people that kidnap children and keep them in a basement locked away, and say your parents don't want you, right? For years and years, that's like saying, well, that was done with the best intentions when it wasn't.
2: Oh, I'm I'm not saying what I think ben we did flirt, was right.
0: right? I think we flirt very close to that line in this instance.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and maybe viewers have or viewers, duh, listeners have. Their own opinions on that, but I really struggle with that decision. But my my whole point is not about kind of the the particulars on that. It's about the fact that he makes a mistake in the last minute of his of Alex's life by calling calling the bluff of and his name is escaping me again of that sadistic oh, hor- Kimi. Thank you, Kimi. Kimi and yeah. and he kills her mm-hmm. right, and it so all me. he. Right. And all he can do is keep moving forward. And that's that's really kind of Ben's whole whole shtick on the island is that he wants so badly to do well, especially for Jacob, for the island, for you know, for for everything that he's always believed in his entire life, but he fails so spectacularly <laughs> in hmm. so many instances that it's it's difficult to to kind of navigate your way through that. So
2: well, I mean, and Ben is like we've never made any bones about the fact that he is a complicated character to put it incredibly lightly. And we'll talk a little bit more about how this episode ends too. But I mean, just to kind of one of Ben's final lines in this episode, after he does what he does is, I mean, I have it written down is he says, I'll miss you, John. I really will. And you can like, as, as conflicted as you are in your mind, as a viewer watching everything that just played out in that scene, when you watch the look on his face and the way he says those words, like he's really believable. Like you honestly do believe. And I do think he's telling the truth when he says like, I'll miss you, John, after he just got
0: done murdering him. So, you know, let's talk. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, He seems to have changed his mind in that hotel room. Almost instantaneously. The moment he heard the, the words Eloise Hawking. Yes. He was he was on his way to helping John complete this mission, you know, when he heard that Jin was alive and he said a promise is a promise, I think that there was probably a plan developing to maybe manipulate that situation later, but the minute that John said Eloise Hawking, everything changed. Like mm-hmm his whole plan changed and he ends up murdering John and you can see John is so confused as he dies. And that's just so heartbreaking, you know?
2: And, and what's worse about that too is witnessing, like you said, witnessing the confusion in his face as Ben Mm -hmm. has that cord wrapped around his neck is that I think out of the entire course of the series up until this point, this is the most sorry I have ever felt for John.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
2: John is more broken in this episode. It's it's so complicated because he's more broken in this episode than I think we've seen him yet, both physically, mentally, and well, I say both, and I just mentioned three things, um, all like physically in his leg, mm-hmm. uh, m- and mentally and emotionally, like he's just a broken person. You know, he. I'd say out- that
0: he's also spiritually broken. Well, that too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But I mean, like, he, he's, his, his leg is broken. His, he's found out that the one person, the only person in his life he's ever loved is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so confused and conflicted as to who is the threat, who is not between Ben and Charles Whitmore to the point where he's ready to end it all just to convince these people that this is what needs to be done. He's willing to sacrifice himself to do that. So,
0: but at the Richard same time, said that's why it's called a sacrifice.
2: Yes. But, and at the same time, it's com it's complicated, as I mentioned, because not only is he is this the most broken we ever see him, I think in the series so far, but I also think this episode is at one point the most genuinely happy we've ever seen John. And that's he when deepest. he sees Walt. I think it's oh, when he yeah. sees Walt. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you're I- right. I think he's genuinely happy in that moment to see that Walt is safe. Mm -hmm. And this is a person he connected with probably more than anybody on that island. And he's getting to reconnect with them again, if only for a moment. And that's genuine happiness for John. So to see. I wish that
0: there could have been more of that scene. I wish that it could have been longer, that their conversation could have been longer.
2: I I have a gripe with that scene, but we'll get to that when we. Okay. When, when we talk a little bit more about that scene. So
0: So back to the Ben versus Charles Woodmore thing. Mm-hmm. When Charles Woodmore is talking to John about um, just about like, I'm going to make sure that everything I can do to help you to get back to the island, to get everybody back to the island. You know, I'm going to give you uh, Matthew Abidnon. I'm going to, you know, make sure that everything's paid for. I'm Here's all the files that you need, like whatever you need. You know, I know that Charles Widmore is a terrible human being and I'm believing him in that moment. I am too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, okay. Oh, I get it. Okay. Okay. And then I'm like, wait, no, no, Kristen. He's bad. He's bad. <laughs> it yeah. was so hard. Well,
2: I mean, yeah, he's very convincing because you're listening to that speech he's giving John and you're like, well, maybe he's not as bad as we think he is. Like, maybe this is what's what really needs to happen, because there are clues in this episode, too, that Charles Whitmore, or at least we might be led to believe that Charles Whitmore has been involved in everything since the beginning, like Mm. even before 815. Mm-hmm. because we find out that Matthew Abaddon was the orderly in the hospital that was pushing John around that convinced John to go on the walkabout. And if Matthew Abaddon is someone who works for Charles Whitmore, that means Charles Whitmore was an influence in these people's lives to get them on the plate.
0: Okay. But at the same time, when you look at the time lapses that happened at the beginning of this season, of course, Charles Whitmore would be obsessed with finding these people and seeing that everything that they said was kind of true. I mean, John said, I'm going to be born in this hospital on this date at this time. And they go and they find out, yep, there he is, Mm -hmm. right? And so they kind of follow him around because they know how does he get to this point in 1954, right? So, of course, they think he's special, but it's just because the island was being moved by Ben. So, like, you you just have to think, like, what, of course, like, I this is where I get really this is where my mind as you can see by my speech starts to break.
2: Yeah. <laughs> There's a number of those moments in this episode by the way.
0: And it and it's it's that old that age old question what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Yeah. How did how did the uh, the compass it's the, it's
2: the compass enter exactly. the fold?
0: It's the yep. compass, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the compass that we talked about last episode. Right. But there are there are at least two other brain breaking moments in this episode that really and one of them does involve Charles Whitmore. And just to kind of I'll focus on this one first because we're sure. just talking about that moment with Charles and Locke in the hospital after he arrives in Tunisia is You know, Charles Whitmore gives gives John the whole speech about how like he Ben exiled you, like he exiled me because we met when we were seventeen. So does that mean that Ben had Charles spin the wheel at the same time, the same way that John did? Like, is that how Charles was exiled? Because Charles Whitmore knew the exit, so how would he know that unless he's been through it? Like oh my he, gosh, that's such a good point. Right. And now here's the other brain breaking moment that's kind of related to that. When Ben spun the wheel and Ben arrived in Tunisia, there was no camera. Like he just arrived in Tunisia. But when John arrives there, there's a camera waiting for him. So does that yeah, but the mean the camera there? John Charles Whitmore. Like John asks him, is that your camera? And Charles says, Yes. So yeah, but is he, he telling the truth? I think he is, and here's why. This is the brain-breaking moment. I think the same way that Daniel talks to Desmond, and Desmond suddenly has a memory of that in the present day, I think John meeting Charles when he was 17 did the same thing to Charles Whitmore. Hmm. So Charles knew that was going to happen and put a camera in that spot, knowing where the exit was and knowing that John was going to be exiled.
0: Well, okay. So to me, Eloise Hawking is the genius of the Widmore Hawking pairing. And she seems to know where all the thin spots are, where you could get in and out. Right. Mm -hmm. So who's to say, right. That it isn't Eloise Hawking that knows all of this and maybe told Widmore, because during, during the seventies, at least, you know that the Dharma initiative can get to and from the mainland to this island mm-hmm. like they know how to they know how to travel right but then you have to throw in kind of you have to throw in the the uh the variant here, and that's Richard Alpert so Richard Alpert he never ages. He seems to know everything. He's always around. So who's not to say that he has set up a lot of this because we see him off the Island and on the Island as well. Yes. So, I mean, well, he's
2: part it, of the compass.
0: So I can, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can see with putting up the cameras because he has the means to do that, but I don't think he has the brains to do it.
2: Okay. That's fair enough. I mean, again, it's just a theory,
0: Right, no, and it's a great theory. I'm just trying to talk it out.
2: Yeah, like when when he said, when he asks John, like, how long has it been since we, we met to you? Because you met me when I was 17. And he says, like, it's only been four days. Like, that's why I'm thinking, like, well, see, now that's a flaw in my theory. Because <laughs> if, if Charles Whitmore had a sudden new memory, it would have happened four days ago for him, which is how... He would have known already how long it's been.
0: Four days. Yeah. That's it would have true. been four
2: days. So that mm-hmm. kind of puts a flaw in my theory. So never Interesting.
0: Lying. Four days for John.
2: Well, no, I mean it would have been four days ago that Charles Whitmore had the new memory. Mm. Because that's when it was for John. It was four days for John, which means that's when the new memory was created. Maybe? I don't know. Could it could have brain you know and he
0: could have and he could have put up. And he could have put up the cameras in that four days.
2: Exactly. So that's that's what I mean. Like, I don't know. But again, going back to my previous theory, is that, well, like, is that how Charles Whitmore got off the island? Did Ben trick him into spinning the wheel the same way he did John?
0: Hmm. Because
2: he knew the exit. He even says that's like, that's where the exit is. No, because Ben
0: wasn't alive No, Ben wouldn't have been alive when he got off the island because he had to have Penny and Penny wasn't born on the island. He had to have. You know what I mean?
2: He says in that conversation with John, Ben tricked me and exiled me. The same hmm. way he exiled you.
0: Then, may, then i mean if that's the truth then i mean he still was traveling on and off the island though he had to have been because he didn't he had two his two children
2: but who's to say penny was not born on that island it's never revealed she wasn't it's never revealed that penny was not born on the island
0: was daniel
2: uh i think uh, yeah cuz i think eloise when we see her uh, later in, I think next season, I think she's pregnant. Hmm. Not like showing pregnant, but she's pregnant. I think he was conceived on the island.
0: Interesting. Well, she would have had to leave the island in order to have him.
2: True. Yeah. So I, 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 do, I <laughs> don't know. We are going
0: I, very down a rabbit hole right now.
2: <laughs> that's what we do on this podcast. I mean... So it's just yeah. I mean, I had these are things I had in my notes. I had did Charles also spin the wheel? Uh, camera not there for Ben. Did Charles just get a memory of Locke? Um, so I'm able to cross off a bunch of my notes right here. Where the exit is, um, like that's a, another part of it. Um, and it's also interesting to note too about the waking up in Tunisia that when Ben spun the wheel. He arrives 10 months in the future. Locke arrives three years in the future.
0: So now, when did Woodmore arrive?
2: Exactly. Like, I, 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 he could have arrived, again, more freaking rabbit hole, man. That's why I love and hate this show at the same time.
0: I love this show. (laughs) I I love shows that break my brain. I really do. I know some people don't, especially if they don't get any payback. But for me, I love the what if question. And so I love being able to just kind of like go down one of these little rabbit holes that we always find ourselves down because it's so fun to just ask questions and theorize and like create your own headcanon.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, I love the fact that my brain is breaking right now. And I've seen this show how many times?
0: I know I have a headache.
2: <laughs> well, yours, yours might just be a cold.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's from this. No, it's from this. Uh, my head was just fine before, the, before we started recording.
2: It's <laughs> just, yeah, I mean. And, and the funny thing is, too, that out of all the notes I have for this episode, all of that brain-breaking stuff that we just talked about was literally four lines <laughs> of all of my notes for this episode. Cause I mean, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine things just on the opening of this episode.
0: Okay. Go for it.
2: Well, I mean, is do, do we have any more to, do you have any more on the, the whole Ben and Charles dynamic? Cause I don't want to get away from that. If we have more to talk about.
0: Um, so I do think, and, and, I think that we have to kind of talk about Ben, Charles, and Locke kind of in the same breath here. Um, Because I think that Locke is being used as a tool between Ben and Widmore for this Mm -hmm. episode. Um, And I think that we see a lot of light and dark elements and, you know, these whole biblical elements. Because, I mean, like it or not, Jacob and the man in black are going to be heavily heavily influenced their story is heavily influenced by the Bible so you well, look the at name
2: Jacob alone is
0: <laughs> well yeah. and the fact that they're you know they're white and black they're light and dark they're good and evil mm-hmm. um and I think that when you look back on this episode and you re-watch it you're trying to fit Ben and uh, Charles Woodmore into these light and dark um uh pieces right who who is what? And um, I think it's really fun to do that because this is kind of like a setup and a foreshadow into season six, going into season six, when we really dive into Jacob and the man in black Mm. and how Locke really plays both sides in his entire arc of the series. You know, he spends the first half of the series fully in the light. And then after his after this episode he is now going to be totally different. He is now he's, the man in black.
2: He's gone to the dark side.
0: Yeah, and it's heavily influenced by Charles Woodmore. Well, I mean, it's interesting
2: that you bring it up that way too because, I mean, when you look at the way we have already in the past about all these characters and how they're merely chess pieces mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a big game of chess that, you know, Jacob and the man in black are playing, it's basically you look at John Locke as the pawn and then you look at Charles Whitmore and Ben Linus as like the Rook or the Bishop and it's okay. Who's going to take the pawn?
0: Mm.
2: Like one of these two is going, is trying to capture the pawn and it's a matter of who that then becomes the question is like, okay, who are the white, who are the black and who was already in control of this pawn that the other one is trying to take it.
0: Yes, 100%, which is also, it kind of leads into, it kind of leads into like my second, like whole half of the episode with mm-hmm. kind of the plane crash and the characters. Um. So, I mean, we could go into that now or we can just save that for later. Um. I don't know. Like, I mean, I can go
2: into the opening real quick and then because I I have a lot on that too. Sure. And like on all the meetings of all the characters. So just to kind of jump real quick back to the opening of the episode, you know, we see right away that the plane has landed Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's landed on a runway that is kind of we know where this runway came from. We know from all of the context clues of this episode, they are on Hydra Island. This is the smaller island. This is not the main island. This is the island where Kate and Sawyer were held captive by Ben when they were in the cages, when they had them put to work, when Tom Friendly had them building the runway. This is the runway that they were working on, um, which kind of makes you wonder, like, okay, why were they building this runway to begin with? Hmm. They jokingly say back in season three, like uh, like Juliet jokingly says for aliens. Well, I'm not saying they're aliens, and that's what this whole season was. Um, they were obviously building this runway for a reason, even though they kind of knew they couldn't get off the island. The only way it was to get off by sub. Hmm. So was this something that... Ben knew was eventually going to happen, or were they building the runway just to be hopeful? Hmm. Because now the runway's been used. Mm-hmm. Because Lapidus brought... We find Lapidus actually brought the plane down safely instead of crashing, like 815, and it looks like he brought it down on this runway, and it kind of veered off into the jungle.
0: Didn't just g- say he could have brought down the original plane safely, too?
2: Yes. He does.
0: (laughs) So he's, he probably landed and he was like, fucking told you.
2: (laughs) Well, we already know how much of an amazing pilot Lapidus is because he brought down the chopper when it was on the verge of crashing. Yep. Um,
0: he's an amazing pilot.
2: Oh God. Frank Lapidus is, is the best. So, I mean, we see that the plane has been landed safely, kind of veered off into the jungle and we'll get more of the plane next season. Mm hmm. Um, but we do know that everybody has survived. There's a couple that are injured, but everybody that was on the plane has survived, with the exception of the people that disappeared. Um, and then we get the big reveal. So it op- the episode opens with Caesar rummaging through the Hydra right. office. Um, and he runs into a couple. He finds a couple things that are very familiar if you're paying attention. The pages that he finds are pages from Daniel's journal and the map that Rousseau drew of the island. So
0: right, Which is the exact view that Locke has as he's looking out um, from Hydra out into the ocean? Yes. I believe that that's the same exact view as Rousseau's map.:
2: I think I think it is. Yeah, Yeah. But I mean it it starts to beg the question Which we already know the answer to Is how did these pages End up in an office on Hydra Island Mm. And it's because Spoiler They're all in the past And Daniel's Journal gets left behind in the past
0: Mm. Mm -hmm.
2: As does Daniel But we'll get to that later
0: I love Daniel too (laughs) I love all these characters so much
2: Um So, yeah, so that I have the note on the runway they were building. I find it very interesting, too, that one of the other things that we get uh, that we see in this episode is a big foreshadowing to the end of this season. Mm. And that is the Life magazine that Caesar finds with the explosion on the front. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is a huge foreshadowing to how this season is going to end. (laughs) And I just love that that was thrown in there, especially considering this was a life magazine from the fifties. So Mm -hmm. it's even before that event at the end of the season happens. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So which I thought thought was a lot of fun. Um, We haven't gotten much of Caesar's character yet. He's still very much a mystery, even to me because I don't remember a lot about Caesar's character, even though he's a big character for the next from, pretty much from here till the end of the end of the series. Actually, Uh. he's not. Okay.
0: So I looked it up. (laughs) I don't remember. So, so I looked it up because first of all, I know this actor from, uh, he was in boondock saints, uh, the second. Yeah. He was in the second boondock saints. Wait, was he the? Oh, I didn't recognize him. Yeah. And he, he, he pops up everywhere. Anyways. Um, so I look it up and Caesar and Alana were supposed to, so for flight three, one, six, they were supposed to be the Jack and Kate. Right. So, but so the original idea for Jack and Kate was for Jack to die and for Kate to be the leader. Right. Okay. So they actually do that this, this time around. So Caesar's only in four episodes and Alana is in 16 episodes. OK, so he was supposed to have a bigger role, but they scrapped it and they ended up not doing what they originally planned for Caesar. And he actually only spends four four episodes with us.
2: OK, yeah. See, I don't remember. All I remember is that in this episode, he takes the gun that he finds mm-hmm. and, he and he hides it from hides it. Alana. He hides it from Alana, mm-hmm. um, which means he's already shady as shit.
0: And he is a shady character.
2: OK, yeah' he is a, a shady about, character I don't remember a lot about Caesar and I'm really looking forward to finding out more
0: yeah I brushed up on both of them because I was like oh, this is it, it was if I didn't brush up on them it was going to bother me
2: The curiosity just got the yeah better it of was you.
0: just going to bother me so I did actually take a deep dive this morning into that so I feel <laughs> I feel ready to talk about them um, <laughs> but I'm glad that you brought all of these guys up. Are you done?
2: Um, just a couple other notes from yeah. it. I mean, obviously, we have, I, I found it very interesting that when Locke is explaining, or who we are assuming at this point is John Locke,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, who is very much alive at this <laughs> point, um, he's very open about everything. Yeah. To these people that he's never met before, to Caesar, to Alana, he's very open, like, including the fact that, like, he died. He's been on this island before. He was on this island for a hundred days. He thinks the reason why he's so well dressed is because that's what they were gonna bury him in. Like <laughs> he's not holding anything back with these people. He's just I, anything they ask him, he is a complete open book with these people.
0: I think it's also because the island is so freaking weird to begin with. Like it's like you gotta get on board with this weird stuff, or you're not gonna survive. <laughs>
2: Well, I love the fact too that when, like when Caesar when he tells him like I I spent hundred days on this island and Caesar's like hundred mm-hmm. days, he's like, well, how did like did you get off the island? And John's like, the timeline would confuse you. Yeah, thank you. Like you yep. just said that. You just pretty much just said that. What that every viewer has total been fan service. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly.
2: <laughs> like yes, it the timeline would just service. confuse you, right? Because we're still confused, but we're still watching um yeah i mean so it's just but i mean at the same time again this is going into spoiler territory we know a little bit more about who this really is Mm -hmm. so this is pretty much somebody who's just using john's body as a vessel but at the same time we're starting to realize at this point too that every body this the man in black uses as a vessel he also has their memories he knows who they are. He knows their life because he can speak as if he's them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He did the same thing for Christian because I don't think we see Christian Shepherd again. I could be totally wrong on that, but I think could this be is a, totally
0: right. I don't know.
2: This is a Unless new he- vessel. This is, Unless this he is a,
0: appears in, um, I'm sorry. No, no, it's <laughs> okay, fine. Talking over each other. So totally sorry. fine.
2: Uh, I was going to say is like this is a new this is a new vessel for the man in black, which means he's finished with Christian Shepherd. So,
0: yeah, I don't. Oh
2: gosh, interesting. I don't remember if we ever see Christian Shepherd again, and now I need to
0: look it up. And I, I, <laughs> I am looking it up right now. So, oh, are you? There okay. You go. Yeah. Um.
2: Yeah, I, I just, just don't. don't remember if this is the last time we see him. No, no, it's not the last time we see Christian Shepherd because we do see him in the series finale.
0: That's what I was going to ask. That was my main yes. question: is if we saw him in the series finale. So I'm, I'm glad that you looked that up real quick because. Well, that I, can't I didn't talk look up. And that look I remember. Up at the same time. I'm not that. That good. I didn't.
2: That I didn't look up. That I remembered. Okay. Um. Yeah, we do. We do see. We him see in the everybody series everybody.
0: We see pretty much everybody in the series finale though. Oh, we
2: get I mean, we get Ana Lucia back. We get like,
0: so Every time many she shows back. up, I just get happy. I love Michelle Rodriguez so much.
2: Um this is off the topic, but um did you see the trailer for Dungeons and Dragons that she's in? No,
0: but I know she's in it cuz she's on the poster and I got excited.
2: And it looks so good! It looks. like I know nothing so much about
0: Dungeons and D- Dungeons and Dragons other than what Stranger Things has taught me.
2: <laughs> I don't think you really need to. Thank God. Um, in order to, I mean, there's obviously going to be some little hints and stuff for people that play to make them more excited, but um, I think you're going to be. Uh, I don't think you need to be like a player to to enjoy good. the movie.
0: Good, because I do. I, I mean, you know, it's popular for a reason. You know, there's the. Eddie Munson likes it for a reason. <laughs> oh, poor Eddie. I love Eddie Munson. So, okay. I'm going to kind of go with this, with um, the plane crash, plane landing uh, a little bit more. Cause I want to talk about kind of the three, we have three different kind of plot lines now just from flight 316. So we have in a burst of light, 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 We have Jack, Kate, and Hurley have disappeared.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Um, We don't know where Saeed is. We know that um, when the plane landed, the pilot and a woman, who I assume is son, took off with uh, a boat. Mm -hmm. And then the man that we're calling, Locke, and Ben didn't disappear in a flash of light. They landed with the plane. Mm -hmm. So we have three different offshoots that are now happening here. And I think what's interesting is that Ben wasn't allowed to go with Jack, Hurley, and Kate. Ben had to stay behind with the man in black. And I'm interested in why. Well, I think –
2: the, the the more interesting thing about these three offshoots that you mentioned is that the writers are doing such a good job. Like they kind of hinted at where Jack, Kate and Hurley ended up. The but 70s. They cu- well, it's it, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty clear. That's like we're we're meant to assume that they're in the past, even though it's never truly revealed. Mm-hmm. That's where they are. But we have those three different offshoots. And at that point, Nobody really knows where any of them are. Like we don't know that all three of these people or all three of these offshoots. Aren't in the same timeline. That's true. We don't know that yet.
0: Well, the boats appeared when. Cause they, those, those boats appeared during the Island skipping.
2: Um, yes. Because at one point we see them in the water and they're being shot at. Correct. So is that the survivors of Akira shooting
0: at them? I think so. I think so. I I mean, that's. I think that we get the answer on that. I think we we do. We just can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I do think we get an answer on that. Uh, But it's also, I think we do get the answer on that, but
2: it's also interesting to note, too, that when they time jump, uh, they take the boat with them. Like, they don't just randomly appear in the water because the boat disappears from out from under them. Right. When they jump, the boat goes with them.
0: Well, I think it's established that if you're touching it, it goes with you with the compass. Okay. We're back to the compass again. I
2: know. Well, the compass (laughs) is the true mind fuck in all of this. Sorry, like part of my life. But like the the compass is. It's weird to almost think about like that. The weird, uh, the, the weird, the compass is the constant for the viewer.
0: Oh, my gosh. You're totally right. Right. Yes.
2: It's the one thing, like it, like Daniel Faraday and Desmond are connected. They need something that connects them. The compass is what connects the viewer to everything else that is happening. The compass is the constant for the viewer,
0: which is good because sometimes when you get really wrapped up in the particulars, you need to go back to the compass to kind of and and every single time if you get and oh gosh, this is this is <laughs> so great because even when we get lost, you know. Yeah, We always go back to a compass to find our way again. Yeah. You know, so that's a metaphor in itself. Yeah. And that's really the show, the show kind of in your face about it.
2: I love when we have these conversations because it always makes me think of something I've never thought of before. Mm-hmm. And the compass being the constant for the viewer literally was just something like, holy shit, like, I, I, I just thought of this. I need to say it.
0: Yeah, anybody that's watching uh, the YouTube video of this, both of our brains just clipped. <laughs> yes, yeah,
2: exactly. Um, but yeah, like I, you're right. Like we, we talked about going back to like these three different offshoots. We have Son and Frank, who were in the boat, who were meant to believe his son, and obviously it, it very much is. She's going back to the island because she wants to make sure, she wants to see if she can find Jin.
0: So um, she knows that she's not on the island.
2: Yes, she knows she's not on the main island.
0: Which is interesting, right? She doesn't tell anybody else. She's like, screw the rest of you guys. Me and me and Lapidus are off. We're, we're going on a side she, quest. She doesn't know
2: any of these people. I don't think she really needs to she tell She has
0: her. one goal. Mm-hmm. She has one goal of this entire thing, and that is to find Jin.
2: Yeah, it's the only reason she came back. It's the only reason she got on that plane mm-hmm. is because Jin is alive. She's going to find Jin. So, I mean, the moment she got off that plane, that was her goal. That was Mm -hmm. the the biggest concern in her mind. Frank goes along for the ride because they're familiar with each other. She doesn't know any of these other people. She's certainly not going to take Ben with her.
0: She trusts Frank. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. Well, okay. So, why isn't Sun? Why didn't Sun disappear with the rest of them? why was she why did she land with everybody else and and why is it that ben i i'm still trying to figure out why is it that ben um wasn't allowed to disappear as well i mean it's probably a good thing because ben just throws a wrench into anything that he does yeah but um it makes me wonder if that is the sacrifice that's happening. It's not Locke, but it's Ben is sacrificing his own life and his own story for the good of the island to be chained to the man in black now.
2: Well, I mean, and that's maybe that's exactly it. Like, I mean, it's it's a lot easier to explain why it's, it's at least it's it's a lot easier to theorize why Ben didn't go back in time with everybody else to be with the rest of the survivors than it is to theorize why son didn't son. I don't really have an answer as to why, and I can't even try and make one up as to why she didn't flash away. Like the other ones did Ben. It's a little easier because you can say, well, the man in black who's now taken over the body of, of John Locke knows who Ben is. And he decided to keep Ben behind He tethered Ben to him. So Ben would stay there.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, so that then as... wouldn't screw anything else up, exactly. or the Man in Black. I understand that, but there's also the Lighthouse episode that's going to come up, and we're going to see names. We're going to see some of them crossed out. We're going to see some of them still circled, and I think that maybe Sun is kind of off the list at this point. So. While she came back, she didn't come back for the betterment of the island or the betterment of the survivors. She came back for completely selfish reasons as far as the island itself is considered. You know, she's not back there to just be back there. She's back there so that she can get Jen and she can go home. Yeah. Like the end. The rest of them are back with an open agenda. Well, maybe
2: that's exactly it. Maybe that's exactly why Sun wasn't taken back is because – Sun no longer had any interest. I, I, Whoever is in charge of doing all of this, whoever is the influence and in behind all of this, whoever's controlling all this, whether it's the man in black or whether it's Jacob or even some other higher power above it's you're right. Sun really has one goal. She has no concern for the the sake of the Island. Mm-hmm. She has no concern. She's really no concern for anybody else that's there with her. Like, I don't even think she really cares what happens to Jack and Kate. I mean, she she's she cares about these people, but they're not a concern for her anymore.
0: They're not her family. No, no, they're not her family.
2: She I think son is of the mindset that if she found Jin and was able to leave that island with Jin, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't matter who else left with them.
0: No, I agree with that. And you know what? As, you know, as a mom and a wife, I would have the same focus. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I would 100% and
2: the have the same focus. And the island is looking for a guardian. She doesn't fit that
0: role. She will not. She, she wouldn't
2: even and, play that game. And she, and she never will. Right. There's still hope that Kate or Jack or Hurley or even Saeed could still fit that role.
0: Well, okay, so let's talk about Saeed. So we know that Saeed goes on a completely different journey than the rest of them. And it's interesting that he's kind of thrown into this purgatory where they don't know where to put him. The island doesn't know where to put him. They don't know if they're going to put him with Jack, Kate, and Hurley or with the Man in Black. So I think that they throw him into – because he goes into the temple storyline. But
2: doesn't he – I think before that, even he ends up in the past because he becomes a prisoner of the Dharma initiative and meets young Ben.
0: Right. And that's not, that's not at the same time as where, um, Jack and Kate and Hurley are. It's not, I don't think so. No,
2: because I think Sawyer finds Saeed. Okay. So he's hidden away then. Yeah. As a prisoner. He's hidden away as a prisoner in the okay. Dharma Initiative. Okay. He's in the same timeline as Jack, Kate, and Sawyer. So early. why
0: is he thrown into a, a totally different area I, than everybody else? You I know what I, don't I mean? Yeah. So that I can't I, wait I, to I can go know. back and revisit that because that I, I'm i still not too sure on it. Because I know that he has a, a, big deal, a big deal to do with the temple.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I, and I know that he has a big, uh, arc with child Ben. Well, if I remember correctly, that the
2: storyline with him and child Ben happens first, because it's because Ben brings him like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches when he's in the cell and kind of friends right. him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Said then is the one that helps him. Or I think either one of the two of them helps the other get away from there. I don't know if Ben helps him escape or it he escapes with Saeed. Like I don't remember exactly how it happens, but I do remember that if I remember correctly, young Ben is the one he shoots Saeed as a child. Shoots Saeed and he is revived in the temple.
0: Okay. Yep. Okay. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm glad that we got that figured out.
2: <laughs> this is just going off of memory because it has been a while since I've seen.
0: Right. And I don't want to delve six. too much into it. I, you know, it, because we're talking about the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. We're not talking about. Ex-
2: yeah. exactly future. Yeah.
0: I understand that. <coughs> <laughs> I get it.
2: Um, I, I mean, that was pretty much all the notes I had on the opening too. So, I've, I mean. Yeah. Um, well, in, we do, can, in
0: doing that, we talked about, Kind of my three offshoots of um all of our oceanic survivors and our losties. Mm-hmm. Um so the only thing I have left is like one little note, and that is that in India, the mango is considered the tree or fruit of knowledge slash life. And um John Hold Locke on. is eating a mango at the very beginning. And he said, I think this is the best mango I've ever eaten in my life. And that gives him, maybe that gives him all the knowledge that he needs to know to, uh, complete his mission on the Island. Well,
2: I mean, I found that very interesting too, when he says like, this might be the most delicious mango I've ever had. Um, I've, i found that interesting knowing what we know about John Locke in that it's not John Locke. It's Mm -hmm. the man in black. So, Could this in essence be like, I mean, again, this is going to be revealed a little bit further on, and I don't remember exactly everything that has happened because I've forgotten a lot of stuff about these two seasons, Mm -hmm. is could he be saying that because this is, in fact, the first mango the Man in Black has had in a very long time?
0: Probably. Probably. I mean, I remember I gave up beef for a year, and the first time I had a cheeseburger after giving up beef for a year... (laughs) It was the best burger I ever had in my life. Right. So, and that was a year.
2: So, I mean, I think he's saying that because they're hinting at like this is indeed not John Locke, right? Because John's had mangoes before. He lived on like, an island for a hundred days. Many. Yeah. Yeah. So, why would this suddenly be the best mango he's ever had? Because yeah. it's not John.
0: Because it's not John.
2: And whoever this person is. Has has not had a mango in a very long time. So, because he hasn't been in a vessel that was able to. I mean, Christian Shepard, but Christian Shepard was more. I I don't know. Maybe that was different. Mm-hmm. So, I I don't know. It's it's very very interesting. So I do have a bunch of other notes, but it's more about like meeting John's journey into seeing all these survivors again um did you happen to notice though real quick that there are a number of number references in this episode
0: uh there Uh, are a lot so go through them yeah i I know of at least three
2: um so if you know of any others uh please throw them in uh charles after he created the the uh the alias of jeremy bentham gives john the phone and tells him if you need me just press two three
0: Mm, which is mm -hmm. 23
2: uh and sadly the date of Helen's death. Uh yeah, April four, eight. April eighth, yeah, it was four eight. So we have four eight and twenty-three of the uh of the numbers. And I think this is actually the first time in a while we've gotten any of these numbers referenced. Um do you know of any others?
0: Uh yes. Hang on. Okay. Because Cause I I do not. I was there. Ah, <laughs> i I had it up, and then I went on while you were doing that, I went on a different walkabout here. Um, and it was it was because I wanted to look up um Jeremy Bentham as a philosopher.
2: Well, yeah, because that yeah, that was another thing too when you know, Charles Whitmore says your parents had a sense of humor. It's, it's only right that I did. It's only fair that I do too,
0: yeah, but I'm sure that Jeremy Bentham was used as a reason.
2: That's a strong um, yeah. possibility.
0: Yeah. <laughs> everything um, is used for a reason. Everything. Yeah, well, which is interesting because there is um, there is a thing that um, when Locke purchases the power cord to hang himself from Angel's Hardware, um, it's the name of a Southern California hardware retail chain that has been defunct since the 1980s. So... I was like, "Mm, is that for a reason? Wait,
2: do we see him buy the cord?
0: I think he has a bag.
2: Okay. All right. I was going to say, because I don't remember him going into a store and buying that cord.
0: No, but he had the cord and I think he took it out of a bag.
2: But that's interesting that that's a store from the 80s.
0: From the 80s. Yeah.
2: That's. Hmm. I don't know what the purpose behind that is.
0: I don't either. I don't know if it was a mistake or if it was, you know.
2: I, again, I don't think anything they do is a mistake.
0: I don't either. I don't either.
2: Yeah. I I have no idea. Well, what were some of the other um, yeah, number of references? There's
0: can, numbers, but it's not really that interesting. I mean, the Life magazine that you were talking about, you know, is from April 19th, 1954, 419, 1954. Um, so I think, what what were the numbers? 4, 5, no. 4, four eight, 8, 15,
2: 16,
0: 23, 42. Ugh. Those numbers um, are burned in my head. Yeah. It's been a while since I've said them. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I get um, excited
2: anytime I play the lottery and those numbers pop up.
0: Et, like any of them?
2: Any of them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I get that. Um, well, I'm just going to go over and I'm just going to read a little thing about um, John Locke real quick. So it says okay. or about Jeremy Bentham um, just to see if that cooks anything up. So it says Jeremy Bentham uh, <clears throat> was a utilitarian and legal positive philosopher he also introduced the concept of animal rights but he was in opposition to the concept of natural rights he believed in separation of church and state equal rights for women the abolition of slavery the abolition of physical punishment free trade usury and the decriminalization decriminalization of homosexuality that he was from the 1700s these are very progressive thoughts for the 1700s
2: i you're just listing all this stuff off and i'm like "Hmm, i would vote for this guy
0: I would too. Um, (laughs) He was also the designer of a prison called Panopticon. Um, Some people on the wiki claim that the Dharma structures on the blast door map are based upon the design of the Panopticon. The Panopticon design entails sequestering the inmates in cells on an outer circular wall with a watching station in the center. This design is said to give guards the power associated with the illusion of being all seeing while the prisoners cannot tell whether they are being watched at any given moment or even see other prisoners. Sounds like a Charles Woodmore design.
2: Well, I'm also looking at pictures as you're speaking about this. I'm also looking at pictures of a panopticon Mm -hmm. and it's very curious because the guard tower in the middle of it is a lighthouse
0: Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting.
2: It is literally a structure like a lighthouse where there is light shining in all directions to keep an eye on all the prisoners.
0: Interesting. So that is a very, that's a very interesting thing. Um, It is interesting to note that like Rousseau, Bentham laid the foundation for the French Revolution. He was connected with leaders of the French French Revolution, Mirabeau in particular, but he denounced the revolutionary thought of the time being based in natural rights. He also decreed the violence in which started with the... Jacobins took power during the French Revolution. He started the University College London, which was the first English university to admit anyone, regardless of race, creed, or political ideology. It mirrored Bentham's philosophy, and he helped appoint one of his students, John Austin, as the first professor of jurisprudence in 1829. Hmm, Kate Austin, John yep, Austin.
2: I, when you said Austin, that clicked with me too.
0: Um, So that is Jeremy Bentham. And then if we go down, because there's a lot, you could go to philosophers uh, that are discussed in Lostpedia, and you can see a lot of different um, philosophers that are used. There's a Daniel Faraday, there's a Hugo de Groot, uh, there's David Hume uh Clive Staples Lewis John Locke was an enlightenment philosopher who dealt with the relationship between nature and civilization later to have great influence on founders of democratic governments much like John Locke trying to be democratic um, in the beginning of the series He believed that in the state of nature, all men had equal rights to punish transgressors, to ensure fair judgment for all governments were formed to better administer the laws. This philosophy is paralleled by the character of Locke, who embraced both nature and the need for egalitarian organization among the survivors. Uh, He also, there's a lot about Locke. Um, I'm sure, there is. <laughs> yeah, there, no, it's like a lot, a lot, a lot. But I think that it's interesting that you see that John Locke and um, Jeremy Bentham have they have similar views, but different ways about going going towards them. Um And I think that that's interesting because that's a very that that very much mirrors the fight between Jacob and the man in black. And you can see kind of how those two ideologies of those two philosophers go into the character of John Locke slash Jeremy Bentham slash the man in black.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's again, like it, it, we kind of brought up a little bit earlier. I mean, and now it, like even in names of the philosophers that they're using too, everything that they're using in this show has been used for a purpose, whether right. it's names that they use books, magazines like literature in any f- sense of form everything is used for a purpose
0: right Agreed. Um,
2: and without a lot of deep, and sometimes even like without deep digging you can miss a lot of these references that they're using
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know i mean some of them are, are right there on the on the surface like john locke and jeremy bentham um you know even mentioning you know charles whitmore mentioning that they're philosophers so like it's like it's right there on the surface mm-hmm. but some of this stuff, man, you really have to dig deep for it.
0: Well, and I think that the prison, uh, the prison cell, the Pantopicon, Did I say that right?
2: Uh Panopticon. Yeah, Panopticon. Okay. Yep.
0: I think that that's really interesting and something that I didn't know. Me neither. One and a half minutes ago. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and especially, like I mentioned, looking at the design of it, how it, the center of it, the guard tower, is a lighthouse. Throw the picture up. I mean, that kind of makes it. Um, why we'll I will just throw up one picture. I'll actually show up. I'll throw up, uh, um, the whole thing here. Um, sorry for anybody who's, uh, that was my camera. Did not mean to do that. Uh, sorry for anybody who is on the, the audio. But if you look here, you know, you look at a lot of these different designs.
0: Oh, I see the lighthouse that you're talking about.
2: And the center is basically a lighthouse,
0: looks like a lighthouse. And then there's yeah. all these little cells like, Almost in a circular form, uh, kind of like the Colosseum. It's kind of like if you were to look at the Colosseum, and the inside of the Colosseum was all prison cells. And then in the center of the po- Colosseum, instead of gladiators fighting, it's a big uh, structure that looks exactly like a lighthouse, yeah. which is very, very interesting. I think we should come back to this image later when we start getting into the lighthouse. Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely, for sure. But it's very interesting to think about this, too, because when I googled Panopticon and this came up, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a prison mm-hmm. uh, with, a, with a lighthouse-like structure in the center, which basically means that, like, these pieces, these people in this game that they're playing are not just pieces of a game. They're kind of also prisoners mm-hmm. to this whole thing that's happening, meaning... They're locked into this. There is no escape for them.
0: Mm, mm -hmm. They are
2: they are prisoners to this story, whether they like it or not. They are connected, and there's no getting out of it. They are locked away.
0: Yes, one hundred percent. I agree.
2: And it's just
0: and the more they try to get away, the more the island fights back, which is why they're in the situation that they're in right now. Yeah.
2: Well, look what happens to prisoners when they try to escape. I mean, for the most part, they're brought back and they're punished. Mm -hmm. This is what's happening to
0: these characters. And that's the whole fate versus free will discussion that it's a common theme throughout the entire series is, you know, do you have free will or, or is everything designed by your fate? Yeah. So, and I think that that's a question that human beings just as a whole kind of struggle with their entire lives.
2: Well, I find it very interesting, too, because um, one of the titles of one of these articles that I'm just now noticing uh, is them saying the Panopticon is watching us all, which is Mm. basically this design is a way for them to see everybody at once. (laughs) Instead of checking in on different people at different times, this design was the way for them to be able to watch everyone at one time. Crazy. God, like, again, this is what happens when you dive this deep into this. Into the shit.
0: Yeah, I agree. (laughs) But I love it.
2: I absolutely love it. I do too.
0: I do too. That's why I loved Game of Thrones so much because you know you get all that rich history and you can connect anything. And I love I love smart television. I love smart television. Well, and I think that's one of
2: the reasons why so many people probably started having so many issues with the show at this point in Mm -hmm. a season five and in a season season six is because there was so much stuff to dive that deep into that they just didn't want to. I think the people that started having issues with the show, and I apologize to anybody listening who might have been one of those people, uh, is I think they wanted more laziness in a show. They wanted surface writing.
0: I wouldn't even call it that. I would say that Lost was really ahead of its time with this kind of thing because now those shows are everywhere. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, people love smart shows that are like a puzzle. People love it. Those are the shows that do best right now. Yeah. Lost was way ahead of its time with doing that. You know, well,
2: we, t- we talked about it last episode. It was the first real instance that we can think of of water cooler talk.
0: Exactly. Other than like, you know, talking about sports on Monday or something like that, you know, Yeah.
2: it was the first real form of appointment television, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are shows that people tuned into every week, but Lost Mm -hmm. was the first time we heard of people like having an absolute need to have to watch it when it aired.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, I completely agree. I completely agree. So it's fun to revisit it now.
2: And you're right. There are so many other shows that are like that now, including The Last of Us, which is one that we're both into now, which I, I transitioned to that for a purpose, uh, because breaking news, as we're recording this, it has just been announced that Last of Us is getting a season two. Of course it is. Of,
0: it, it, that was a no
2: brainer. I mean, come <laughs> on. Um, but they, HBO literally just announced about five, 10 minutes ago. Well, more like 20 minutes ago at the time that we're recording that season two has been greenlit. So we knew coming. I mean, come on. That was anybody who's watching the show knows that's a no brainer. That was a no brainer. I'm actually surprised. I didn't get a season two before season one even started.
0: Yeah. Well, that's okay.
2: Yeah. Which both I love and I'm really worried at the same time because again, this is off topic. The first season is covering the first game. No,
0: nope, no. Nope. We- I know what you're about to say and stop saying it right now. No, no, no.
2: All, I, all I'm gonna say is 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 just if you think season if you think the first game is emotional I know what you're about to say
0: hard. I know what you're about to say yeah this I I've heard I've heard about that the second game is just okay. real dark
2: yeah it's dark <laughs> that's all I will say um anyway back to lost um that's I mean that's a great find on the on the panopticon too like odds uh,
0: yeah I love I love that I'm gonna look more into that
2: it's I think we definitely should revisit that when we're talking when about we're on the, the lighthouse, lighthouse uh, which isn't 100%. until next season. Yeah, but so stay
0: tuned because we'll we'll dive deep into that. The <laughs> lighthouse episode.
2: If you didn't think we were already deep enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait till stay. we start talking about the panopticon <laughs>
2: Stay tuned for next season.
0: Um, well, that's it. That's all I got. So what what do you have?
2: So, I mean, I'll go through these relatively quickly. You sure. know, when John meets Saeed, this is post-assassin Saeed.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: because we know that Ben manipulated Saeed into working for him. And so this is post that. And this is because Nadia, unfortunately, has been murdered. Um, I think we do find out a little bit more about that later as to who was behind the murder. whole
0: backstory. It's a yeah, good episode.
2: Yeah, there's an episode with Saeed when we find all of that. Because just because these people are back on the island does not mean we're done with them off the island.
0: Well, we're going to yeah, learn it's...
2: a lot more about everything these characters went through when they were off, when they were off mm-hmm. the island. Um, uh, I kind of mentioned already that uh, when John goes to see Walt, he definitely looks genuinely happy. Um, this is one of the first, I think, moments of pure happiness we've ever seen John have in this series. And it's mm-hmm. because he is just, this is someone he connected with. Um, and he's just very happy to see that they are actually doing well. They're living a normal life. They're not involved in any of this. Um, which I find it very interesting when Abaddon says you're over two and he, and he's like, you know, all I needed to convince one Walt was not on that list. So he's, he's still technically over one at this point.
0: Unless Getting everybody meant getting Walt back as well. I mean, they weren't very specific about who everybody encompassed.
2: That's true, yeah, so maybe okay, so maybe, maybe that was it. um I found it very interesting, but also kind of very caring of John to lie to Walt mm-hmm. um you know,
0: I think telling Walt him knew he was, he was lying, on the
2: I think he did too, yeah. I think he knew. And I think he actually appreciated the fact that John didn't tell him. Yeah. Um, And it's also interesting to note that Walt is still having visions mm-hmm. because he tells John that he has the dreams that he's surrounded by. He's in a suit and he's surrounded by people that want to hurt him, <laughs> which is pretty much <laughs> what we're going to get. Uh, we've kind of already gotten hinted at.
0: Parentheses. Don't go.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly.
0: Before you um, go don't go
2: moving on to hurley uh i love how hurley says so you didn't make it huh uh and he's more freaked out by seeing john alive than dead for sure (laughs) which i thought was uh which was pretty was uh pretty interesting because when he first sees john he thinks he's just another guy he's visioning just the same way he does charlie um makes him assume that that john Locke is dead and then when he finds out that john is very much alive he kind of freaks out um the only thing I was confused about, oh, and I got to go back to the Walt thing, too, because I did have a gripe with that that I didn't mention earlier. Um, the only thing I was confused about is when he says, like, hey, am I sitting here talking to a man in a wheelchair? He, and they tell him, yes, he freaks out. But early on, somebody tells him your friend over there is looking for you and it's Charlie. So other people were able to see Charlie, too. So why was he not freaked why was he so freaked out over John when people could see him but not over Charlie?
0: That must have been a continuity error.
2: Well, and this is the also the gripe with the Walt scene that I think is also a continuity error is when John when Walt says to Hurley, "I was visited by Jeremy Bentham." John never told Walt that was his name. That was mm. the name he was going by. So how did Walt know that?
0: Well, Walt has vision, so that's easier to explain.
2: True, yeah, that's that's also that's true. That's very easy to theorize. Um, John and Kate is very simple. Uh, There's really not a lot that happens there, other than the talk of Helen and how he he did he was in love once. She was
0: unnecessarily mean to him, right? I
2: have in my notes, Kate was bitchy,
0: like she was. Not great to him because when she says
2: like well what happened and he's like I became obsessed and and you know and and such and she says well look how far you've come I'm like you Ugh. bitch
0: I, I I hated it when she was like you've never loved anyone how could you you have nobody to go home to of course you wanted to stay on the island it was just it was not Kate like being on the mainland being rescued just changed her for the worse I think. I
2: think I don't I don't necessarily think it's just that. I think it's the fact that she is now free of all of the things that were following her. Mm. You know the court case and everything and I think that I think that changes her too. Like before she was watching her back. Now she's not watching her back anymore which means she's kind of free to be Probably who she actually is,
0: well, which is I a
2: much worse person.
0: Don't like her free, then. No. <laughs> I hate saying that. <laughs>
2: no, I, well, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. Um, Jack and John together, which, by the Ooh, way. Jack's a mess. Which, by the way, he's not even a, that big of a mess yet. He's on the verge. Right. And then The Visit is what sends Jack spiraling. That's when he starts buying all the plane tickets. That's when the beard gets longer. That's when like it's John visiting him. Well, not visiting him. He kind of got forced to be there um, by getting hit by a car after Ben killed Abaddon. Um, There's so much that happens in this episode. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't mention the Jack and Joe reference last week and last week's episode. Um, in that the woman that ran the butcher shop where John's body was being kept was named Jill. Yeah. <laughs> so th- it was Jack and Jill. Yeah. um, That's funny. Completely forgot. It had nothing to do with the show. It was just a fun thing. Um, Yeah, so you're right. We're seeing Jack as a mess. This is the pre-Jack becoming the man of fate person that we see now on the island. These are two mm-hmm. totally contradicting versions of Jack. And yes. Jack pretty much at the top of the hill that he's ready to start spiraling down mm-hmm. and it's Jack it, that kind of sends him it. over he's the gonna edge. He's
0: going to fall down and break his crown.
2: Oh God. All right. You did it. I know. Um, I love how John was able to deduce that Christian was Jack's father.
0: <laughs> right.
2: You know, I, th- I thought that was great. He was able to figure it out on his own. Even when mm-hmm. he asked Christian, like, well, who's your son? Um. And then you don't
0: look like Cheech Marin to me. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Well, he's obviously not Hurley's father and he's not Syed's father. So that just kind of leaves you. Yeah. Um, And then just finally kind of, you know, fast forwarding to the Westerfield hotel, the whole scene with John about to hang himself before Ben bursts in. And you were absolutely right. How it's hearing Eloise Hawkins name is kind of a switch that flips in Ben. And it's kind of like, well, Okay. This was master manipulator Ben. He was going to bring John along for the ride until he got what he needed. Mm-hmm. Eloise was what he needed. He didn't need John anymore. Mm-hmm. And he and he ends up murdering John. He ends up strangling with the uh, strangling him with the wire with the extension the cord,
0: 1980s cord.
2: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but the, from the 1980s hardware store,
0: right. Um, <laughs>
2: Wrapping up with, I'll miss you, John, I really will, which is actually very believable. I think he really will miss John.
0: They were both men of faith.
2: Yeah, there was a lot more in common between the two of them Mm -hmm. than I think Ben was afraid to admit. And I think he kind of realized that in the end.
0: Well, Locke was his main competition. And that was Ben's biggest fear was that he had such strong competition in John Locke
2: which is why it becomes very interesting going forward because the episode ends with John seeing one of the injured passengers is Ben. All beat uh, up. And I remember Ben, if I remember correctly, Ben is very freaked out when he sees that John is still alive yeah. until he realizes who John is. And right. then there's no longer competition. He's now a follower.
0: Did a cat just cross yeah, over? I, yeah, into light?
2: I, I noticed that.
0: That was yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah, that Lucy, just for those watching on YouTube, there was just a huge huge shadow behind me. With of the a cat. big
0: tail behind yep.
2: it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's over there. So that's all I have on my end for the episode. And I think you're you're covered as well, correct?
0: I'm done too. That was nice.
2: That was a lot.
0: Yeah. There's
2: so much that happens in this episode That I loved it <laughs> Uh next episode Episode 8 La LaFleur One of my favorite Episodes of the season
0: Yay!
2: Love this episode Uh and this is where we're going to Find out for certain Where these people are at Yes Um we do in my research I did know I did see that we do see Christian a couple more times Throughout the season um Two more times in this season, and I think two times next season, one of them being the series finale. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see him in episode nine, Namaste. Okay. And we're going to see him again in the incident, in one of the two parts of the incident.
0: Okay. So
2: I'm... That makes the, sense. These could be um, the actual Christian Shepherd in flashback form. Mm. Or they could be the man in black in the form of Christian Shepherd. I don't know. I don't remember. So we're going to have to watch. I'm excited and, and find out. But I'll be I'll be paying attention to it, of
0: course. Uh, I don't think that the man in black was in Christian Shepherd.
2: You think that was somebody different?
0: I think it was Jacob.
2: But why would white Jacob shoes send...
0: versus black shoes?
2: Oh, I didn't pick up on that. I did not pick up on that. I didn't think about that, but that makes a lot of sense. The only thing that confuses me about that theory is why was Christian helping Ben?
0: Because Ben was really on the right path. He just okay.
2: did it wrong. All right. Fair enough.
0: Uh, we can discuss it more. I'll buy
2: it. No, okay. I told I I'm totally I'm totally in. I totally am right on board with that. The white You sold me on the white shoes. Oh, okay. Because I didn't think about that. I was already sold on the on I the had theory. you at hello.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh,
2: we do have some feedback from listeners this episode. Of course, we have a voicemail from our friend Chris. Or our friend Steve, not Chris. Um, but I, we also got a very quick email from our friend Dez. Happy to hear Des. back from him again. Uh, did you get that? Because I sent it to you. Then I will just read it on my end. Uh, I th- yeah, this is from our, our buddy Des Combs. And it's, uh, it's a very quick email. It just says, hey, guys, so great to have you back. I really don't have a lot to say about this episode because, well, you know, I never cared too much for John as a character. I will say back when it first aired, I was rooting Ben on. Hey, I'm not always a good guy. Hopefully I'll be able to call in a, in next. I'll be able to call in next week when I'm not so coffee and phlegmy. Peace out.
0: Oh, I get you, uh, Dez. I get you. Yeah,
2: But uh, thanks for writing in that writing in does and hope you feel
0: better. Me too. Uh, for sure. If you have what I just had and still kind of have, then I'm sorry. <laughs> it it's doesn't around. go away.
2: It's going around. It's that time of year. So, uh, but we do have a voicemail from our friend, Steve Brown. So let's play that now.
1: Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve. And this is going to be for the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. This is the guy who talked to Jack, right? I think Ben, you said his name is Cesar. Okay. Caesar and Ilana. Oh no, he was on the plane. He just wasn't in the passenger section. Hey, it looks like John took his shoes off. Oh, such a chilling line! I remember dying. Well, not the friendliest uh, would-be ambulance ride for John out of the desert. Compound <laughs> fracture—that's what they call it when the bone is protruding out. I couldn't think of it. This is this is all crazy for John because for him it's only been four days, but for everybody else it's been three years. Wild. Charles Whitmore is just another pawn, like everybody else, even John. Mm. So. Widmore Charles Widmore doesn't know about the John dying, the proxy thing. Apparently. Oh, and love Lance Riddick, he's so good. Taideen is talking to John about this, and I know what happened with his wife, the woman. But have we seen it already yet in this rewatch, or is it later? <laughs> Lance Riddick just said, "Boys gotten big," and now we know exactly why he was written off the show. That's right. <laughs> Hugo Hurley thinks that John is a, is a figment or a ghost right now, but he doesn't realize he's real. Right, I forgot that he was the orderly in the hospital that told John to go on his walkabout. So is do we think, and I've never thought about this before until just now, is Matthew, Lance Riddick's character, is he the opposite of Richard Alpert? And to say he's on the side of the man in black, whereas Richard Albert is on the side of Jacob. Is that too yeah. far-fetched? Wait, I forgot about this. Matthew getting shot. Who's shooting him? So many car wrecks. Oh, that's harsh, Jack. I mean, it's probably true that he's just a lonely old man who crashed on an island, but still it's harsh. So he was going to kill himself, and I guess they took the cast off him before they put him in the coffin? Yeah, that's right. Ben's knocking on the door. Abaddon, that was his name, not Matthew. Where would I get Matthew from? So do you think that Ben had to kill John because in order to be a true proxy for Christian Shepherd, he had to be murdered and not kill himself? Just a thought. He was able to clean everything up, but how did he fix the door? Or I guess maybe the police would have to break in the door. I don't know. So The door is fixed, so he fixed the door as well. I don't know. (laughs) Great line. The timing would just confuse you. Yeah, John, we're all confused about the timing. (laughs) Oh, damn. He's the man who killed me. Oh, now I've got to wait a week. Dang it.
2: You don't have to wait a week, Steve. You could just watch it now. Um,
0: I do love it though. I love live Steving so much. It's so but, fun.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Steve. He brought up a couple good points in that yes. too. Um, I never picked up, I, I didn't don't think I picked up on the fact that John wake awoke John was not wearing shoes. Uh that's an he interesting. He took off point. his shoes,
0: yeah. They had him on the beach folded up.
2: Okay. Yeah, I never really picked up on that. Um, I did think about the fact that maybe in order that maybe John needed to die rather than kill himself. That thought did cross my mind. Um, and that's why Ben would not allow him to kill himself because in order to be that vessel he needed to he needed to be killed.
0: Maybe. I do like the fact that he thought that maybe Matthew Abad- Abaddon Abaddon that, that's where you got Matthew from, Steve, is that it's Matthew Abaddon. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I do like the fact that um, Richard and Abaddon are different counterparts for Jacob and the man in black.
2: I didn't think about that either. I thought that was a really good observation. I thought that
0: that was a very good observation. Yeah. Um, And yes, I do love Lance Riddick as well, who, for anybody that is following uh, the upcoming series, Percy Jackson, uh, the upcoming Amazon series, Lance Riddick was just cast as Zeus. Really? Yeah. I'm very excited about that. I did not know that. It's a great casting. It's a great casting.
2: That, ooh, that's a really good casting. Yeah. That's... It's an interesting casting for Zeus, but I love it.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to nail it. I think he's going to be real good. Well,
2: I, I find it funny too that right after he got shot, <laughs> it crossed my mind. I was like, oh, so that's when he goes to Fringe full time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I loved when Abaddon said, I'm just a driver. My job is to get people to where they need to go. Yeah. Like, because that's all that it, when you look back on this character, that is. That is all he does. That is that is his sole purpose. You could put probably all of his scenes edited together, and that would be what he does. There's no arc to his character. There's no like revelation or anything. He is just a vessel that gets the main people where they need to be, and that's well, I it.
2: Th- I think that's what really makes that observation that Steve made really great in the fact that he could be the counterpoint to Richard Alpert because Mm -hmm. Richard and in in a sense kind of does the same thing. He, he kind of directs people where to go and where to be at a certain time. At least he does with John, Mm -hmm. which is Richard or, you know, Matthew Abaddon does the same thing for John too. Yep. So because
0: John plays both sides of this story. Yeah. And he's the only one that plays both sides of this this story.
2: Yeah. I I I again I just thought that was a great observation. Yeah. I never, thank you I never so really, much, Steve. I never really considered it. Uh, but thank you, guys both, for the feedback. And we encourage everybody to leave us feedback about the episode or about any of the thoughts that we had uh going forward. So uh The way you can do that is by visiting our website, revisitedpod.com. There you can find links to all of our social media, ways to subscribe, video versions of the podcast, and all that fun stuff, uh, including ways to leave us a voicemail or email feedback in for the podcast. Kristen, it is your week for recommendations of what you got.
0: I'm super late to the party on this. I realize I'm super late to the party on this, but (laughs) I am three episodes away from finishing the first season of yellow jackets mm-hmm. and it is fantastic. Um, I am so glad that Jason, uh, told me about the show. Cause I would never have known about the show. I don't have Showtime; I'm not dialed into that kind of stuff. Um, so that was strictly a show. I only knew about because somebody told me about the show. Um, if you are a nineties teenager, like I was, um, I was born in 1980. So my entire uh, teenage years were in the 90s. Then you will just feel right at home with the past uh, elements of the show. And it's, it's just really good. And I went into it not knowing very much about it. And I think that I will leave that to those of you who haven't seen the show to do the same thing.
2: I did watch it. I enjoyed the first season again. I think you and I talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it got very overhyped to me. So maybe I just didn't. I, I don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed it. And I mm-hmm. will, I will be, I'm fully on board for season two, which is going to be starting relatively soon March. Uh, and I'll, and I'll watch it week to week. Unlike I did season one of yellow mm-hmm. jackets. I kind of binged it after it finished. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great series. The cast is fantastic. Juliette Lewis, uh, Christina Ricci, it's it's got a great cast. Melanie Linsky. Um, you mentioned Jason, who is the one of the, the he is the creator of the Podcastica Network. So if you're a fan of the show and you want to check out a podcast on the series, you can check out Yellow Jackets WTF, uh, which you can find links on Podcastica.com, which I want to mention two other Podcastica podcasts since we are part of the podcast network as well um the cast of us which is currently running right now and currently cur- covering the uh the first season of the last of us which is me and jason eric aka mr blog rima and lucy who are all friends of ours uh Kristen, you've been doing some of the live reacts which air immediately on youtube right after the episode ends you and i just did the last one for episode two which was an absolute
0: blast yeah that was fun and I'm sure yeah. you'll be
2: on future ones as well going forward. We mentioned season two was already just announced earlier today, so that's great news. But the other podcast I want to mention is a relatively newer podcast called It's Showtime, folks, oh, where yeah. just a bunch of different people on every episode. It's different people every episode. They just come together and they talk about a particular movie that they love uh, and going in the Oscar season expect a lot of the Oscar-nominated movies to get uh, spoken of, which brings me to the point in that Kristen and I are going to be doing an episode of It's Showtime, folks. That'll probably be out next week, uh, where the two of us, and possibly a third, um, we're going to be talking about Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was a movie we both
0: absolutely... Both of our favorite movies from last yeah, year.
2: which I'm so excited to talk about. I am i can't wait to the Oscars, because I want to see... It got 11
0: the- nominations. Yes,
2: it did. More than any other movie. I hope it. Win- I hope it sweeps. I really do. Um, I, I yeah. It it deserves best picture. Um, I'm. I think Banshees of sheeran is a strong contender because that's what won the Golden Globe for best picture. Mm. But um, I think Everything Everywhere All at Once has a strong chance of winning. Michelle Yeoh deserves to win. Jamie Lee Curtis deserves to win. Kihu Kwan absolutely deserves to win.
0: He was fantastic. He played two different roles in that movie. Yeah, and- so. Yeah, he was fantastic. I was really disappointed that it did not get nominated for special effects. I thought that that was a glaring, glaring snub.
2: I agree with you completely. It's up up for best director,
0: best supporting actress, leading actress, supporting actor. We'll talk uh, about it more on, on our episode, but yeah. We're um, excited to cover it. As you can tell, we're excited yeah, to
2: cover it. But just go to, obviously, um, revisitedpod.com for our podcast for this podcast or go to podcastica.com for all the other podcasts uh, that we just mentioned as well. Uh, anything else? Any final notes before we uh, we wrap this up? No. No? Uh, cool. So, again, Season 5, Episode 8, Le Fleur, is the next episode we're going to be covering on this podcast which I'm very excited about. Uh, Thank you to everybody for being a part of the audience, for listening, for watching, whichever way you view, whichever way you take this podcast in. Thank you for just being a part of this family. Uh, But until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye.